0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3, a message that I'm excited about preaching, and I'll probably be preaching this in the future at some preacher's meeting because it's on the call of God, but not all of us are called to preach, but all of us are called to live and and, uh, glorify and witness, and you don't have to have a special call to be a soul winner. You all should be witnesses to the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3, I was trying to find that article in the uh, Chattanooga Free Press, somebody give me a copy of it, I appreciate it, it's appalling to me that somebody would do that to that good school, and that good college, and that good church, not in that order, so we're in the last days, amen, I believe the Lord's coming soon, and uh, we had a great crowd this morning, it's not too good tonight, but you're here and I appreciate you being here, and I thought we'd have a full house again, like we did this morning, So that's why I had the Lord's Supper, but anyway, uh, maybe we need to keep it uh just a few taking that lord's supper but we're going to get back to the normal one maybe next month we're going to pray all right called by god everybody ought to thank god for a god called preacher not a mama called preacher amen and there's a big difference and a religious called preacher i've listened to preaching all day long today i've enjoyed all of it and uh you know some were called i think some were not called but, uh, you know, that's not for me to judge. It's for the congregation that they pastor. But I want us to read the whole chapter, chapter three. Let's stay in all the Word of God. And I'll, I'll let you by early, uh, I mean, easy this morning, even though I preached a little too long. Maybe that's why they didn't come back. Amen. But anyway, I believe we got out about twelve fifteen, and I was shocked I went that long. I normally don't do that when the nursery's in here and when you're wearing masks, because I know you can't take it too long. You'll suffocate. If I preach these long messages. You know, one good thing about a mass is that you don't have to worry about your breath. Only you smell it. I mean, thought, let's, get, let's get positive here, amen? Praise God. You don't have to worry about your breath anymore It's because you're smelling it, amen? You can just go around and not brush your teeth for three weeks with those masks on. Another thing I thank God for is the good video system we have. A while ago, I was praying. I mean, I didn't know it was past six o'clock because all of you prayed long. I prayed long. And all of a sudden, I heard this clear, crystal voice of Brother Randy. And I thought, the nerve of him, I'm praying and he's interrupting me. So I stopped, you know. And it was him starting the service like he should at 6 o'clock. Thank you for being on time. And I thought he was praying the same time I was praying. And that's not bad to do. Some churches do that all the time. But uh, that's a good TV back there. I thought about staying back there and watching it myself. Anyway, let's go to, let's go to preaching, amen. Thank God some of you ought to smile it will help you. Praise God. I'll read the first verse, you read the second. And the child Samuel, we're in chapter three of 1 Samuel, ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious, it means rare, in those days. And there was no open vision. Class, verse two. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? And he ran into Eli and said, here am I, and thou callest me. And he said, I called not, Lie, lie down again. And he went and laid down. I hope y'all can hear this at home. If not, open your Bible. Amen, look at verse seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel to him a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou hast called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called a the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down and, it shall be if he called thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel, Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth." The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of every one that heareth it Shall tingle. In that day, I will look you, all the which I have spoken, and his house. When I, I, be in hand, I will also make hand. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. For all and and Samuel laid until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. That's so significant. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, Samuel son. And he answered, I am. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. Uh, God do so to thee, and more also if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every way, and he did not from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did and and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You may be seated as we pray. Father, thank you, dear Lord, for the blessing of being in your house. And God, we pray, dear Lord, that you would help us on this sad day when people are putting things in the paper against good Baptist churches, good Baptist schools. Uh, God, and I just pray for that ministry that we support. Been sporting for years that we preached at. And I pray, God, you'd comfort the leadership. God, we're in a dark day. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to be the light, help us to be the messengers, help us to be the ambassadors. God, help us to be the salt that makes a difference. And God, you've called us into this world to be a light on the hilltop. And I pray, dear God, that you'll call us, Lord, to be faithful. And Lord, may we be that. And I pray for the God-called preachers in here that you'd reconfirm their calling today, tonight, and God help them to uh, fulfill that call by your power and by your presence. So Lord, teach us something tonight and bless our hearts and challenge us. Be with those that could not be here. I know they'd love to be here, and I pray, God, you'd discomfort them in their sickness. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to preach on the call of God, the call of God. You know, many people have come into my office and they said, how do you know when you're called of God? And, you know, the the Lord uh, doesn't speak to us in a voice like he did Samuel, but there needs to be an availability and a faithfulness where you can hear and know the call of God. God calls you first to be faithful. And God calls you first to be a good Christian. Would you agree with me that a preacher needs to be a good Christian? Amen. A deacon needs to be a good Christian. Hey, a teacher needs to be a good Christian. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to be like him. And I want you to see, first of all, the moment of his call. Skip on down, brother, to about point four. Uh, The moment of his call when Samuel was young. The Bible says in uh, verse one, and the child. Now, folks, the word child can mean up to a child 12, 13 years old. I don't know how old he was. You don't either, so we're not going to put an age on him but he was very young to be called a child. And the child Samuel ministered, listen, unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no more visions. Folks, because it was so wicked, here they are uh, stealing from the offering and here, here we are the pre- pre- priest, I won't say preacher, the priest's sons having sex with the, with the ladies that's working in the uh, tabernacle full time That's wicked, that's just ungodly. And folks, I want you to know God wasn't pleased with it. God bypassed Eli because of his sin and he also bypassed Eli because of the sins towards his children. He should have restrained them, he should have corrected them, he should have disciplined them. The Bible talks about that in Proverbs seven times, that children should be disciplined by their parents. And we see that God uses young people. He calls young people. The Lord was only 12 years old Uh, when uh, uh, God used him to straighten out all the scribes and Pharisees in the temple, and the family left him there. Uh, In the Bible days, they they, they traveled in great caravans, and they didn't miss Jesus. And Jesus was left behind, and he was there about the Father's business as a young person. So folks, listen, it's great that we're having Master Club. It's great that we have so many young people in Sunday school and going to. And folks, I want to tell you something, because there's great potential Children can be called of God. Uh, Matter of fact, most people are called by God to be saved at an early age. 85% of uh, people are saved before the age of 14. How many of you were saved, let's just do a survey. How many of you were saved before the age of 14? Raise your hand. Now look at that, that is at least 90% of this crowd. At least the rest of you were slow or maybe you weren't exposed to the gospel. Uh, but m- maybe some of you need to get saved tonight. I don't know, but it's usually young people that get saved. And then we see that the moment of his call was when the light was dim. Look at verse three. And the air, the lamp of God, went out in the temple of the Lord. And I believe that was physically speaking, but I think it was also spiritually speaking because it was a dark day. It was a dark in the hearts of Eli. It was dark in the uh, heart of Opni uh, and Phinehas. I would, wouldn't you be proud of those names, amen? And they were ungodly, wicked Sons of Belial, the Bible says, not knowing the Lord, lost in the temple of God, robbing people, and taking advantage of young girls that had given their life to serve God. And here we're in a dark day. Uh, this, uh, I was trying to find, I wasn't just playing on my phone, I was trying to find that article Brother Randy Lynn sent me, and, it, and, it, and it's Chattanooga Free Press, front page, says, Ministry of Fear, and a big question mark. Now, that's terrible. And it says, uh, former student, at the church and the school of the death in North Georgia says that they face uh, ongoing critical damage, mental, emotional damage as a result of the school's harsh discipline and practice of instilling in the, in the students the fear of God. I think that's a pretty good school, don't you? Praise God, amen. And by the way, if they signed up for it and they, they enrolled in that school, they need to abide by the rules or leave it, amen, not go to the press and put put a slam on this godly couple that's been doing this for 45 years, I guess, Brother Reggie Ripples preached in this pulpit, and we let his wife preach, the only woman we've ever let preach in this church because she was the interpreter, say amen, praise God, right there, all of you's looking, oh, we let a woman preach? No, we let her interpret. Praise God, because he's deaf, but it was a great message, I remember it. So the light was dim physically, but the light was dim spiritually especially. God is calling young men in the darkness of this hour. Folks, I don't, I, I'm not underrating this, and I like, I like uh, the election coming up because we need to vote for our principles and not party, say amen. And we need to vote for life, and we need to vote against people that have same-sex marriages. And I ain't gonna tell you how to vote, but I'm gonna tell you, folks, we need to vote, but I want to tell you something. What we need to do is ask God to call not only presidents and justices, but they need, we need to have men of God called to preach. We need pastors to preach. We need people to get up behind the pulpit and preach with all their heart, amen? Praise God. They don't have to swallow a box of nails or uh, you know be ugly about it, but praise God, I think, I think you ought to let it rip and preach against sin, and that's exactly what what Samuel's about to do. He is gonna be a prophet of God to this nation that needed to repent. And how can we have repentance if we don't have preaching? How can we turn from something we don't know is sin? So we need to preach against sin, but we need to preach for the light of the glorious light of the gospel. Then third of all, when the leadership was expiring, in chapter four, verse 15, we find out now Eli was 90 and eight years old and the eyes were dimmed, and he could not see, and he fell back and broke his neck and died on the spot when they found out they stole the Ark of the Covenant. It just, it just blew his mind and, and put him into eternity. God will send a man uh, to renew the light in due time. Let me just say this, because a preacher passes away, and I'm praying for Brother Billy Goosley. I pray for Brother Sammy Allen. The church goes on. They got a great pastor down there, Brother Randy Sutherland, and it's going on and marching on for God. And, folks, nobody's indispensable. When I die, somebody else will take up the uh, pulpit and take up the word. But, folks, the important part is the word never dies. Amen? This Bible is always going to be real. And, folks, I want to tell you something the authority of this church is not Wayne Cofield, the authority of this church is the word of God. I preach with authority because this Bible has authority. It has authority over your life, my life, and we're not to argue with it. We're not to debate it. We're to declare it, and praise God, we are to demonstrate it by a yielded life. Say amen right there. Oh, folks, the call of God is precious. You ought to thank God that you're called to preach. You ought to thank God you're called to deek. You ought to thank God you're called to preach. You ought to thank God that you're called to be a witness in this dark and dismal age. You're called to be a light, and if you're not a light, you are a stumbling block. You ought to get right with God and stop playing with sin and stop hanging around the crowd that does and get right with God because the salt has lost its savor. It's good for nothing but to pave the road in the Bible days. We need to get right with God. We need to be real. We need to be right. We don't need to be sanctimonious and condemning. What we need to do is just say, thus saith the Lord. We ought to speak the truth with love. Amen? And love is this. You warn people that sin does not pay. Number two, the matter of his call. Not only the moment of his call, but the matter of his call. Look in verse 16. This is so wonderful. It says, and, and Eli called Samuel and Samuel, and, and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. Oh, folks, listen. All these calls are different in the Bible. Uh, Moses was called out of a burning bush. Wouldn't that be a, an amazing call? I, you know, I wish I'd been called that way. I wouldn't have had so many doubts. And you, me, Lord? I don't even speak to my sister, much less preach. Me? You want me to preach? The introvert? Call my cousin, Alpha. He's the salesman. But you don't have to be a salesman. You don't have to have personality. What you need is the call of God upon your life, the call of God. And, folks, uh, um, Elijah was called when the mantle was transferred from Elijah. Oh, that must have been a great day. Gideon was visited by an angel hiding in the threshing, uh, threshing wheat. Paul saw a bright light on the road to Damascus. But Samuel heard a voice in the night while sleeping in the house of God. While sleeping in the house of God. Look at verse 15. And Samuel laid into the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. And so Samuel heard the voice in the night I want you to know, first of all, he, he was meet or qualified uh, to hear the voice. And the approach of the voice of God was to a willing servant. He was used to responding to the overweight priest that probably couldn't get out of bed at night and called on him to do everything. And so he said, okay, Eli, what you want? He said, I didn't call you. And, folks, I want you to know he's addressing uh, Samuel. And finally, uh, the Lord says, Samuel, Samuel. Thank God, folks, verse 10, and the Lord came and stood and called at, the, at other times, Samuel, Samuel, that's with authority. When you hear double names, and that happened to Moses in Exodus chapter three, verse four. It happened to Paul, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth me in Acts chapter nine, verse five. It's a double emphasis with double importance. I wanna say this, it's important that you listen for the call of God. Some of you are called to be Hannahs in this room. Some of you call to be godly mothers in this room. Some of you call to be godly wives in this room. Folks, it's just not the call for men. It's the call for uh, men and ladies of God, amen? But only a man can be the pastor of a church because how in the world can you be the husband of one wife if you're a lady, amen? The Bible says usurp no authority over a man in the Bible, in 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 the epistles. And so, folks, God calls men to pastor. Amen. You might differ with me on that, but you can read your Bible. And so there's a, there was a qualification, and then there was and it, it, it was meritorious, and uh, it was meritus. God calls the qualified. Let me just say this: God calls the 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 faithful. Uh, folks, the character of a person is very important. Humility, the willingness. I, I want to say this, and, and I saw this phrase while I was reading. In verse nine, I know I'm, I'm going backwards, but I'm just trying to review this call. It says, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be, if they, if they call thee, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Samuel laid down in his place. Aren't you glad Samuel wasn't like a lot of teenagers that ran away? You know, you don't like authority, so you run away. One time this teenager really didn't like authority and he He graduated from high school, he says, I tell you, I'm so sick and tired of the authority of my mom and daddy, I'm going to go join the Marines. That's really smart. Say amen. Thank God that was probably what you needed. But I'll say this, friend, you can't run from authority. And you especially can't run from the authority of God. And you can't run from this book. And thank God a lot of people try, but it's a wasted effort. We need to realize he was in his place. He was faithful. He was serving in the house of God because his mother gave him to the Lord thank God didn't take him back most most mamas would have come after him about six weeks Say so, amen I mean that'd been all they could take I mean I've seen mamas go to college and beg the, beg the kids to come back home because they can't take it oh that's so pitiful but that's the truth amen uh, I told I told Connie not to do that but anyway uh, then we have uh, she's listening sick at home but uh, we, we have the misunderstanding uh, in this call Folks, listen, Mary Magdalene misunderstood who Jesus was, so don't look at Samuel. And he thought it was Eli calling him because he was used to, to the call. And so he said, here am I. And he ran. Look at verse four. It says, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And he ran into Eli and said, here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call, not lie down again. And he went and laid down three times. And so, folks, the call was was misunderstood. But it was also... Uh, it was merciful. It was merciful. He kept calling. You know what I think I love about the Lord? Is he keeps calling us to be saved when we're stubborn, when we're selfish, when we're sinful. When we're not sick of our sin and want to sin a little more, God still calls. Now God's spirit will not always strive with man. You better not shun the call too long or you'll get used to shunning it and you'll miss eternity. But I'll tell you this, friend. I'm glad God's merciful. I'm glad he's merciful. And I'm glad he's merciful as far as the call of of, uh, preaching and serving God. He gives us many chances. And, you know, most of us would just say strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. That's baseball. That's not God's mercy. Amen. I'm glad for a merciful God, aren't you? That he keeps on calling. He keeps on knocking. And we don't deserve one call. But, folks, many times, some of you men of God can testify, you ran from the call of God because you doubted your ability. Well, folks, it's not up to your ability. It's your availability that counts, amen? Yield to God what you got. God will touch it, bless it, and multiply it. Thank God. But he said, here am I to the wrong person. God bypassed Eli because of his sin, but he didn't bypass old Samuel because Samuel was in the place that mama took him. And he wasn't a mama-called preacher. Praise God, the Lord called Hannah to be a good mama. And if there hadn't been a good Hannah, there wouldn't have been a good Samuel. Say amen. Thank God for the ladies called mama in the background, raising these children up in a nurture and admonition of the Lord. What a blessing. And then we see the message in his calling real quick. The message in his calling. In verse 10, uh, he begins to explain what he wants him to say. He was in his place. Verse 9, you ought to circle that and shout. But in verse 10, it says, And the Lord came and stood and called As other times, Samuel, Samuel, that's double emphasis and double importance. You better listen. If he repeats your name, you better listen. But look at this. He said this. He said, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. Thy servant heareth. Folks, I'm gonna tell you something. God calls busy people. God calls faithful people. God calls people sweeping the room you're in before you think you're going to get another room. A lot of people say, Well, I'm called to Africa. Well, how many people are you went in the Lord? Here. Every time when somebody comes in, says, I think I'm called to the mission field. Well, what are you doing here? Because this is the mission field now. And so if you don't sweep the room you're in, God's not going to use you in another room just because you go overseas. Because you learn a new language. Because there's a big, bigger need. You must be faithful where you're at. Faithful in the little things, and God will trust you with bigger things. Maybe more difficult things, like trying to pastor a church during a pandemic. That's pretty difficult. Y'all try it. I don't recommend it. Anyway, uh, I do recommend preaching the word no matter what. The prerequisite of the message is this. He was in his place, and he listened, and he was interested, and he was willing. Are you interested in what God's will is for your life? I think you are because you're here on a Sunday night, a holiday weekend, now, folks, the greatest labor is laboring for God. It's a labor that's not in vain. If I wasn't preaching through a series in Hebrews 11, I'd probably be preaching a Labor Day message right now. I'm so glad I'm in series so I don't have to search for a Labor Day message. Good night. But I want you to see what the, what the, uh, the particulars are of this message. Number one, it was a divine judgment on sin. And the prophet had to deliver that divine judgment. I want to tell you the hardest thing that I've ever had to do is rebuke adults for sin one on one. One on one, we had a couple trying to split this church over a gravel parking lot, and they wouldn't shut up. They wouldn't. They wouldn't stop making uh, uh, terrible statements. And one, finally, she, stu- the lady, stood up in the business meeting and just complained about her. high heels being rent in our gravel parking lot. Well, the gravel parking lot cost $23,000, and we didn't have $2.30 at that time. So we weren't going to gravel no parking lot for her pumps. And so I had to go to their house. And when I went to their house, uh, they started just ripping me about not letting their husband, her husband, lead the singing. Well, we had a songler. His name was Johnny McNeese, doing a great job. And then they started screaming at me and said, hey, listen, it's because, I almost said his name, so-and-so has been married five times. That's why you won't let him lead singing. I said, I didn't even know that, but that's a pretty good qualification not to do it. And then I looked at them and I said, I'm going to tell you one thing. Don't you ever, again, disturb the church. You come to me first. It's biblical. I said, if you can't come to me, you're in the wrong church. And I've had to go and rebuke that couple. Rebuke that couple. And I want to tell you something, they rebuked me. And folks, I want to tell you something, all chaos has broke out in their heart. Their, their, their daddy and mama was tragically and brutally murdered in Dalton, Georgia. And I know who did it, and he got away with it. And I want to tell you something, friend, it does not pay to go against God's anointed or God's church. I'm not saying that we have all the answers, I'm saying we have all the authority, but you do not touch what's anointed of God. And that's the house of God, that's the church of God, that's the ministry of God. It's a dangerous thing. Well, to fear God. But I want to tell you something, it's hard to rebuke people for their sin. I mean, it's easy to rebuke children, especially their own. That's sin, and I'm going to spank you for it, you know. But you go to adult. And folks, here's Samuel. It was a shocking judgment. Look at verse 11 what he had to do. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth, it shall tingle. He said it two other times, one to Moses and to another fellow. I forgot who it was. And folks, it was, it was a shock. It was a warning uh, to the innocent that it's gonna shock them what the Lord's about to do to Eli, Hopni, Phinehas, and the whole religious system of just being religious and not have a living relationship with God, and then we see it's, it's in verse twelve, he says, "In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end." He said, "When I started, Samuel, I'm finishing." Folks, don't get under the judgment of God, because what He starts, He finishes. Until you get the you get the point, God can bring judgment. Until you get the point, you say, well, I'm just going to sin and confess, sin and confess, have my my merry little way. No, you won't have your merry little way. God knows how to put the heat on when a sinner should be right with God and he doesn't repent. He can put the heat on. He chastens whom he loves. Say amen. Because he loves you, he doesn't leave you in the street of sin. He corrects you and he uses men of God to preach against sin, selfishness, vainglory. And so, folks, listen. Eli earlier had the prophet come to him, chapter 2, verse 27 through 38, and Eli ignored that prophet. I don't know who the man of God was, and there was no repentance in Eli's life, and thus no repentance in his discipline, his, his children that were lost and ungodly. And the sin causing the judgment is found in verse 13. It says, for I have told him that I will judge the house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile. That means a curse. And he restrained them not. You better thank God for a parent that'll discipline you. You better thank God for a preacher that'll preach against sin in love. You don't have to do it every, every, every time he opens the Bible, but praise God, I know the love of God's there, but I'll tell you something. A person that loves you will warn you of the wages and the end and the fruit of sin. Payday someday. And you know, a lot of you have been warned many times through trials and tribulations, many things you have went through, and you ain't learned a lesson yet. I'm gonna tell you something. He knows what it's gonna take. He knows what it's gonna take. You know, I fear God, don't you? Now, you, you can put it on the front page of the Chattanooga Press if you want to. I fear God. And I don't try to rule you by fear. I try to rule you, uh, I try to lead you in the fear of God. That means respect, reverence to God. We ought to be different than the world, say amen. But there's going to be a shocking judgment, and that shocking judgment would, would come, and it would be sure. Look at verse 14. For I have told him, and I will judge his house forever in the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and restrained them not. And Verse 15 says this. And Samuel laid until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Folks, there was a sureness of that judgment, judgment. but there was also a piety in Samuel's life. He pondered it. He laid there, and I know he didn't go back to sleep. You wouldn't have went back to sleep either. If God's come to you and said, hey, listen, judgment's coming, and you got to tell him. you got to preach it. You're the prophet now. you got to do it. I don't know how old he was, 12, 13, 14. I don't know how old he was. But he was a child, the Bible says. And so the sureness came. And he pondered that message till morning. And then, thank God, do you see this? He performed his duty. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was faithful to what God called him to be, the assistant, the uh, man that helped Eli. And thank God, um, We see it very clearly that he performed his duty, he opened the door, he was in his place of humility and character. He just was there, not being a big shot because he heard from God, but he was still being a servant. I want to tell you something, a great leader is a servant. He's not a dictator. He's a servant leader because he knows who the dictator is. His name is Jehovah God. His name is the Lord of hosts. I want to tell you whose church this is. This is God's church. Amen, this is the Lord's church. I just happen to be privileged to be the under-shepherd for the last 43 years, too. And so, folks, we see the proclaiming of the message, the fear to proclaim it. He didn't want to be forceful about it or mean. In verse 16, and Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me, God, uh, God do so to thee and more also if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And so verse 18, here is the man of God, faithful to say what God called him to say. That's preaching. He heard from God and he delivered it. Here it is. And Samuel told him every whit, line by line, chapter by chapter, He preached the word of God and he hid nothing from him and he said it is the Lord let him do what seemeth him good. Samuel came through with flying colors on his call. His call was to do this and that call was to proclaim God's message faithfully. Say amen. Look at Jeremiah chapter 26 We'll give you two more verses and we'll try to close this. But Jeremiah chapter 26. And I want you to look at, um, uh, oh, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 8, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse uh, 20. The Bible says, to the law, I'll oh, oh, wait on you, Isaiah 8, 20. Then we'll go to Jeremiah 26. Here it is. You want to know how you can tell if a man of God is a man of God? Well, how many TV programs he has? Well, how many miracles does he have? How many tongues does he speak in? Is that a sign of a great man of God? And I've been asked those exact questions, exactly. You know, do you speak in tongues? Uh, do you have a, a vision Every Monday morning, y'all yeah, have a vision of how tired I am. I need to get up, amen. Uh, you know, and this and that and other, all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders. But I'll tell you how you can tell if a man of God is a man of God, and you ought to write this verse in your heart, Isaiah 8:20, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. I'm telling you, you can judge. A man of God is by his message, by his message. When you preach God's message, you will never be found wrong. For God's word, it never fails. Say amen. A man's message is that which manifests his genuineness of his call. And the lack of genuineness is when he does not preach the word of God. And so the message in his calling was so important, he preached exactly or he said exactly what God told him to say, that Eli, judgment's coming, and it's coming to your house. Jeremiah 26 and verse um, two, the Bible says this. It says, thus saith the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house, speaking to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command thee to speak unto them. Diminish not a word. Diminish not a word. Folks, that's why I believe in the King James Bible as an inerrant, preserved word of God. Say amen through that mass, Brother Jeremy. Praise God. We don't have to worry about uh, uh, translations. We've got the Bible. This is the King James Bible. And folks, it was preserved by the blood of martyrs and it's passed on and if God can inspire it, he can preserve it. Amen? We got so many people uh, preaching a wristed, twisted word, uh, watered down to fit the lifestyle of the hearer. Folks, we need to preach, thus saith the word. And then we see the manifestation of the calling. I'll close with this. In verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and he did, and he did, he did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Let me give you one more thing on the next page, Brother Cody. We want to see three things that manifest the calling of of God's man, The manifest a man that's called. Number one, the presence of God in one's life. The presence of God, the residing of the Lord. I want to tell you something, friend, there's nothing like it. The Lord was with him. Amen? Folks, you can tell when a preacher spends time with God you can understand folks that there's a lot of people preaching in the flesh today their mama called grandmama called um, religious called denominational called but folks God calls preachers and the reason and folks the manifestation of that is God's presence is with them they don't leave when trouble comes they love when people hate them and talk bad about them they go after the the, the wayward sheep and try to restore them. They don't just preach for a show and they don't just preach for dough. They preach for him. Amen? Peter Cartwright. I used to say not Hoss, but y'all don't know who Hoss Cartwright is. How many knows who Hoss Cartwright is? Well, there's a few oldie-goldies in here. Used to watch Bonanza. Amen? Now it's on these old classic uh, stations that you can get for nothing. But he was a man that showed up late for every service. And the reason he did, he always prayed. And I wish a lot of preachers that were late would have that excuse. But they go to the Sunday school room and pray. And Peter Cartwright was a great evangelist. He prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And they sang song after song after song. And finally, the preacher sent his daughter, who knows everything about the church and where everything is. Uh, You just ask Stephanie or Amy. They knew everything about the church. I sure miss them being around here, running around little girls, running around the church. But um, they finally sent the preacher's daughter to find him or see where he was at. And he was in a Sunday school room praying and agonizing with God, and he was closing his prayer. I won't go out without you. I won't go out without you. I won't go out without you. Boy, the little girl ran back, pulled on the daddy's coattail and said, hey, he's coming, and the other one's coming too. (laughs) Amen. And I'll tell you something, brother. When the Holy Ghost comes with a preacher, it makes a difference. Say amen. Hey, when the Holy Ghost shows up, I mean, you can testify for five hours. For You can have the best gospel group in the world. You can have the greatest spokesman in the world. But if the power of God's not on it, you can tell it. You can tell it if you're close to God. And, folks, it's the difference in failure and success, the residing of God, the presence of God. It's vital. There's a supernatural companionship. Nehemiah said they said the hand of the Lord was upon him. Same thing with Joseph. He was in Potiphar's house, but the hand of the Lord was upon him, but the presence of God was upon him. And folks, Samuel, it says, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And folks, here it is. It's his presence. And so folks, number one, we see the residing of the Lord. Number two, we see the ratification of, of Samuel's words. Verse 19, he said, and he didn't. none of his words fall to the ground. And Isaiah 8, 20, I wish you'd circle that in this charismatic day that you'll have all these questions about God-called preachers and visions and miracles. Folks, you're authenticated by what you preach. You're authenticated by the message. If you want to know if you have a man of God as the pastor of this church for the last 40-something years, then do I preach the word of God? Do I teach the word of God? Do I waver from the word of God? Do I make up my own sermons, or do I preach thus saith the word? Amen. And I believe to leave this church, you ought to have scriptural grounds. Amen. Not because you had your little feelings hurt. Not because you don't like something. You don't like the way the walls are painted or the ropes are hung. You ought to have a scriptural reason to leave this church. Amen. Man, I tell you what, we need to grow up. We need to get tough for God. We need to be tolerant. We need to be patient. Folks, listen, this all this stuff's hard on everybody. It's not easy on anyone. You ought to try to lead a flock during this time. But I want to say this, friend. We need to be patient with each other. It's going to get better. Maybe in the millennial reign, but it's going to get better. Say amen. I got to go check on my wife. We see, number one, the residing of the Lord. Number two, the ratification of Samuel's word. And folks, listen, just check the content. Just check the content. False or true, just check the content. Is it the word of God? And then, last but not least, the recognition by the people. Look at verse 20. And all of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew, listen, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Not a prophet of the rich and famous. Not a prophet of the high tither. Not a prophet of some uh, deacon board. He's a prophet of the Lord. Say amen. Folks, a recognition of the people. And folks, they, if you have a true cod-called preacher endued with the power of God, you know it. Folks, you don't have to have a microscope to find out or a telescope, you know it. You know God's working. You know God's saving and God is blessing. We see the revelation of the Lord in verse 21. And the Lord appeared again unto Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel and Shiloh by the word of the Lord. i to tell you the most important thing is when there was a drought, rare, precious revelations of the Lord when Samuel got in place. God showed up again. God showed. God now had an acceptable vessel. God's not so hard-pressed to use a dirty vessel. God shows up when people are yielded. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 that we're stewards of the gospel. We're entrusted with the gospel. God's not so hard-pressed to use dirty vessels. Folks, we need to be clean. We need to be pure. We need to be right. We need to have the right motives. If If you want to know if you're God called, check your message, but check, Check the manifestation of God's power in your life. God revealed himself through his word. And folks, I want to tell you something. We've heard too many sermons by men who ought to be digging ditches somewhere instead of disgracing a pulpit with some sick attempt to preach the word of God in the flesh. That's, that's, that's hypocrisy. It's wicked to try to preach the word of God when you're not called and you're in the flesh. Do you have, you don't have to be a, Charles Spurgeon but you better open up the word of God and preach if you're God called and Lord help us to stay true to what God says do and what God says say Father use this message use it in our hearts realize we're all called to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world And God, you want to use a spirit-filled vessel. You want to use a willing vessel. You want to use a believing vessel. You want to use a yielded vessel. God, you're not so hard-pressed to use a dirty vessel. So God, thank you for the contrast between Eli and Samuel, between the flesh, the world, and the spirit. God, my heart breaks today. To think about what that church is going through up in Chattanooga. Ringo, my dear friend Reggie Rimple, his dear wife, the leadership of that church. God, I pray that you give them victory over this uh, terrible thing that somebody should never print until they check it out. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that more important than sending us a president that believes the word, God, send us preachers that believe the word. Send us missionaries and send out missionaries that believe the word and that will deliver the word thus saith the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe someone would like to come find your place around the altar and surrender to the call that God's put on your life. Let's stand quietly to our feet. But I want to tell you something, if you're not saved, God's calling you to be saved right now. God's calling you to be a faithful husband, a faithful daddy, a faithful wife, faithful prayer warrior, faithful deacon, faithful teacher, faithful bus driver. Hey, let's just say this, a faithful servant in the house of God. Faithful servant in the house of God. Anybody else like to come join this visitor at the altar? The fruit of a faithful mom, it all started with a mama that said, hey, I'm going to give my son to you, God, to be a prophet in this wicked and dark and dismal day. Amen. We need to disciple young Christians to deliver the message, but be the message of a yielded life to God. Maybe some of you say, preacher, tonight, I just want to listen to the voice of God. And I want to deliver the message of God. I had a letter I wanted to read you that somebody sent me Somebody left a track on the second floor of Hamilton Medical Center. And it was just such a blessing as the lady was sitting there by herself and uh, the man and 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 wrote and wrote this beautiful letter to me thanking me for leaving this good news of salvation. Saying her life his life has been changed. I thank God for your people, not just keeping um, uh, the track in their pocket or in their church church pew but caring enough to put it on a table and she he described exactly where that table was on the second floor and he said that message of salvation changed my life you never know